Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's so many things in this which I could uh, think because you were talking about kind of the funniest gag in the movie earlier, and I was just like trying to think through. I was basically anything with the dog is hilarious. Like the dog, pig, loaf of bread. Like anything with that does so so funny. I just really empathised with a lot of things she was saying about like your humans are terrible like you're crap at everything and you're not worth saving and I was like yeah go for it destroy us <laughs> we deserve it but I think there's tons to keep you invested emotionally uh, there's loads of funnies and loads of inventive animation to keep your eyes on hello everyone welcome to Flix Watcher today we are joined by Chris hello Liam hello and as always Kobe hey and we're here today to talk about the Mitchells versus the machines thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty mighty tunes and thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans, welcome to FlixWatcher Podcast. Joining us remotely today we have Chris and Liam. If you could please say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do please. Hello, I'm Liam H. Dempsey. I am one of the free hosts of Spotlight, the Star Trek podcast from a non-Trekky perspective. Uh, we look at the Star Trek universe uh, from a kind of outsider lens, but we also, for all you film fans out there, do Spotlight at the movies, uh, where we examine a film featuring a member of Star Trek alumni, either in front or behind the camera, which uh, throws up some really, really interesting movies, uh, like Three Men and a Baby, uh, directed by Spock himself, Leonard Nimoy. Uh, was that I always I forget about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's. Uh, but when it comes up in the credit, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what started that thread of the podcast, the Three Men and a Baby, um, and more recently things like Green Room, featuring the dearly departed Anton Yelchin, uh, which we did with Chris Stewart from Empire Magazine. We also do. I mean, on- Green Room's also got got, got your man. Picard. It has. Yeah. It's got Patrick Stewart <laughs> as the villain, and he is amazing. 
in mm. that film as the villain as well. So that is a hugely recommended film and a hugely recommended episode as well. So yeah, lots of stuff going on over there. And Chris, who are you? Uh, I'm Chris Johnston. Uh, I'm a Pisces, in case anyone wondered. I'm the host of retro film podcast, Easy Riders Raging Podcast. Uh, we talk about classic cinema. We're currently doing our third series, which is all about 50s films. And we've done quite a few uh, cartoons as well. We do a lot of Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes stuff. Uh, I also host a Spielberg-based film podcast called The Spielberg Pod, where we talk about all things directed and produced by Stephen X. Spielberg. <laughs> I mean, he he's the goat, isn't he? Spielberg. Hard to beat. Is he still? Yeah. Yeah, West Side Story, mate. Come on. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen I'll it. I'll sort it's it a, out, it's on, it's on Disney+. Plus. My... My weight of expectation, weight of stuff dun, dun, happens. Dun, 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 watch dun, dun, TV and video is like super high at the moment. And I want to watch, I still haven't watched the original West Side Story. And I want to watch that before watching the Steven Spielberg one. You'd never make it as a Jack, Kobe. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just thought, started watching Euphoria because that's going to go off now TV in 21 days. Oh, yeah. I've just finished it. season one. Same here, actually. I did that a couple of days ago. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about Euphoria instead. <laughs> Those kids are fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Now we have to talk about Mitchell's versus the machine, which is Chris's choice. Chris, why did you choose it? And then I'm going to get the timer ready. Uh, this was easily one of my favourite films of 2021. And so I was quite keen to rewatch it. It was a very enjoyable film the first time around. And I hoped it would be, um, no spoilers, I hoped it was going to be for the second watch. And <laughs> I like the idea that perhaps doing this podcast could open the door to some people watching the film who hadn't seen the film. Because basically last year I recommended this to everyone I could because I thought this is... You like showing the wealth. Yeah, that's, that's it's very, a film for everyone. Nice and I like, to, like the idea that more people may watch it off the back of this. Um, yeah, so great great family film and it's got... Um, and it's, I thought it was really important that it's got like a like a queer lead and it's root, especially being a family film. I like it mm. because representation is really important and putting that in a family film is doubly important. I'd like to touch on that in the discussion, but let's go to the, to the synopsis and your timer starts now. Sure. Uh, films directed by Mike Rianda and Jeff Rowe, produced by Chris Lord and his mate, Something Miller. Uh, it's a 2021 animation which sees an oddball family who, uh, while they're dropping off their daughter at film school, find themselves in the robot apocalypse and they become humanity's last hope. Little Miss Sunshine meets Mad Max. <laughs> in a way, I guess. Helen, this is the first time you watched this. It was. Even though many people have told you about this what stopped you watching it uh i just is like didn't really appeal to me and also i think maybe for like the image didn't really give it give it away the, the like the image doesn't really say like facebook becomes self-aware tries to take over the world lesbian girl with really funny dog go on a road trip and save the world I mean, what kind of image could have portrayed that? I don't know. You mean the you mean the main kind of poster image? Yeah, I don't know. I just I didn't like the title much either. It was a bit like. Eh. Did you think it was EastEnders spinoff? Phil and Phil and Peggy. Phil and Peggy and Grant getting Aggie at each other. I mean, I'd like to see them take on the robot apocalypse. I'll be honest. <laughs> They'd fail. They'd fail. Um, what did you like it generally? There's a lot that I did like about it. I didn't like it as much as I think you guys did um and 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 I think that's more I do like animation but I'm not like big 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 into it and 
um yeah I, I i really loved like katie i thought she was brilliant and kind of wild and um i really liked the the kind of like the weird meme culture uh, but at the same time i felt that it was a lot of stuff all the time and i ended up actually watching it in two goes because I, I thought i found it was just a bit too much and a bit long and there was there was just, there was like loads of really nice fun stuff but then there was also some kind of like a little bit tired dysfunctional family things and I got a bit annoyed when there's, there's a bit in it where we kind of find out like her dad had to give up his like, dream life to like be a father and I thought that was a bit like unfair on her because she then kind of apologizes and sort of says you know sorry for all the things but her dad never really apologizes for not being interested in her things in her life and i thought for such a he film did. that kind of focuses he, did, he, he, said, he just he like forgot. sign up to her youtube whereas i don't think they they quite accepted the fact that she was becoming an adult and kind of could have a separate life that didn't have to be there so i was a little bit like for a film that seemed quite sort of forward thinking in terms of like family films it kind of like went back to like traditional kind of family tropes a little bit quickly to tie things up in the end which i thought was a little bit of a shame but like i thought the dog was like super funny well the dad did need another bloke to tell him that his daughter's films were good for him to be convinced that they were worthwhile so maybe mm. you are on something Helen. and what are your thoughts on the end uh, i like it um i think i maybe don't love it as much as chris or a lot of other people seem to love it i think it's very very good like you know definitely it's you know glowing report at the end of the day like i think it's a really really strong animated film i just think that a lot of people seem to really love this movie i don't love it. i just think it's, it's a really yeah really good inventive animated very funny comedy yeah i think it's great i think it's a great film um I always get annoyed at the at the dad for cancelling her tickets and doing that road trip. That for for me, that's just like because I had so much fun in that freshers week. Every time, every freshers week at university, and that's where you, that's where you do make those long lasting friendships with people who I you know I was still in touch with, and I felt so gutted for her. She'd have missed Timmy Mallet. Was Timmy Mallet headlining your freshers week? He did one he of the freshers week. Freshers week, didn't first, he? Yeah. We had Ash and. And fun living criminals. Um, wow. so, <laughs> don't know what kind of clown clown point schools you went to? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. But that's I think that's how how much I was kind of engaged in it because I was like, oh, no, you've ruined her first week at university when she's supposed to be. Like, she's been looking forward to getting up to the people that's her people. She's called them, and I was yeah, you get excited for her, and then the dad just goes, no, we're going to do this horrific drive. And along the way, they do stupid things like the, the donkey rides, which would have made it more. So I, I, re- I was really, really on her side all the way through. Um, and I think this is just, this is me just saying I, I was caught up in, in the family drama. I do think it was a bit long. Uh, it is a bit long. Um, for this rewatch again, I was like, oh, two hours, really? Um, and there's some parts which uh, I feel don't warrant, aren't as good as others. Um, but Katie's mum, when she becomes like Uber mum and starts slicing through those, those black stormtrooper robots, is one of the best things um, ever. And when she comes out through the clouds, right, and towards Katie and her dad, and all the all the all the black robots are, like fearing her, the purple, the tur- was it the purple ones 
come together or something like that she says um i think it's just i think it's just absolute dynamite she's um, a very very good like on-screen mom i think she's great absolutely well maya rudolph's always good whenever you see her in anything basically she's not in enough stuff mm, true and paul thomas anderson should use her in his films She's a really good voice actor because she's in um, she's one of the hormone monsters in Big Mouth as well, isn't she? Yeah, she's she, she's amazing in Big she's Mouth. She's very funny. She's those <laughs> a bubble bear. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing in that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I was on the daughter's side as well because um, I actually found the daughter very relatable as someone who went to film school. Like, I did a film production degree, and I totally got her thing of yeah finding her people because literally the film courses and both the film courses at a level and at degree levels really where I, I met kind of my best friends for life really um because it's that thing of fine discovering oh yeah the people who totally vibe with the same things that you're into um everything like that, and how kind of special feeling that is and also that thing of how her life has been completely wrapped up and obsessed with film and filmmaking up to that point and kind of you know just getting a camera and just just making stuff i remember that time in my life and the kind of mad productivity you have in your creativity at that time mm. and i yeah I, I found that very very relatable in the uh in the film so yeah i was completely on side with her also i thought her dad was a bit um i can't remember what the word is but the fact that he actually like made videos himself of like them as a family so he must have be able to relate to even in a small way. Well, uh, do you think he, that was a comment on the generations in terms of he's using a camcorder, like more old school kind of technology mm. and she's using kind of, you know, her phone and kind of like computers and stuff like that. She's Is that meant to show the differences kind of thing in terms of their generations? But the point is, he's still, he's still doing because he he rely he, when he relaxes, he watches those videos, and when Katie relaxes, she's watching her videos and doing her things. It's still, still, the same thing. I, I mean, I grew up making videos on camcorder and haven't made so many since I've had a smartphone and stuff. But it's like it's the same thing. It's the same kind of creativity. Well, it's good. They, they make the point in the film that the, her and her dad, the the, the mum says that you and your dad are very similar. Yeah. And that they are like that. That's another way of illustrating how they are similar. But I just don't think he he makes the leap you've made. Mm. It's, it's there, but it, it just misses him by that. Like she she's she's like her films are like your films. She she he just doesn't do the maths. Yeah, I think it's funny we're talking about it now, and it's kind of poking holes in the character because I think that he does come across as older than really his character possibly yes, could be yeah. at this time. If you think about the fact that this film came out last year and, you know, his kids just going off to college, like really in reality, this guy's going to be in his early 40s at, yeah. the, at the most, really, probably. And literally, if you think about that, it's like, would he really be that? Because it's like he's technophobe to the point of literally he, he cannot operate any kind of YouTube. technical device yeah yeah i mean it's 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 a bit of a stretch i get that and i think um because i know people who literally have no idea like how to use facebook but they know how to go and like they know how to use a smartphone properly and know how to like go to youtube and like type words in so it, it was a bit of a stretch but that's obviously leans into his character a bit much a bit more um and i thought i mean one thing you brought up you talked about chris the star is that it's an lgbt lead um in katie and I'd like to have 
you can tell there's love there because there's no that never seemed it didn't present itself to be, have been a problem in the past uh, at least there's nothing there's nothing brought up about it almost to the extent I was kind of a, a bit annoyed they didn't talk about it so much in the film because her brother I thought got a bit more of a love story than than she did and uh, on second watch I picked up more of the kind of threads of her being interested in potentially this Lady Jade and saw that she had the rain, she had a rainbow badge on her lapel but I didn't I think it still wasn't I think there could have been a bit more like you know but I mean, even, at least it. that scene at the end with her mum, they do mm. explicitly say it. Just because yeah. you see so many films where they're like, is, Val- is Valkyrie gay? Ooh, we, we, we're implying, but we don't want to say it because we don't want to yeah. offend China or the Middle East and stuff. And they, they do explicitly say in the film that she, she you know, um, and like I said, it's not the world's biggest leap, but the fact that they do acknowledge it and the fact it is a film that will be watched by kids. Yeah. And so... You know, your conservative right might be like, oh, shit, that's terrible. But you go, no, that's good. You know, kids should be exposed to all kinds of people, they should, all races or genders or orientations. You know, it should all be there for young audience to see and see that it's just a normal thing. From the first watch, I was like, she's gay. <laughs> <laughs> like Maybe it's just across. a bit over my head. Yeah, um, like you say, they explicitly say it, Chris, in this, and that. I think that's the difference, even though it's not a huge focus of the film. Like you say, we see so many, I mean, literally, we've just had, uh, you know, uh, the reveal that Disney has kind of been trying to deliberately uh, kind of keep their creatives from kind of featuring prominent kind of gay storylines and stuff like that. And we've really seen that in something like Luca, uh, for an example, where it's just you're basically a complete gay analogy. But it just, you know, when I saw that film, it just came across as completely cowardly to me that they're not just going like they're gay. They can't say they're gay. It's not possible to say. It. Whereas here, it's just, you know, it's just like, yeah, here it is going mm. like, you know, and it's just, it's just said. It's, Maybe it's, it's a good just thing another that aspect say- of her character. It's not, it's yeah. not the sort of movie of the week, episode of the week, the like, the, the parents have got to get over their gay panic or bullying and stuff. It's just who she is. I think it's more that her brother seems to have more of a love interest angle to it than than she did. But I think the in terms of everything else that you guys have said that well, first of all, I think it's great that it was mentioned explicitly, and almost is quite great that it's at the end. So the families who who watch as a family together, they can't escape and say, no, 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 not not for us. This is film is too LGBT. Um, and at the end, it's like dropped in there. And they're like, no, we watched this film, um, and it was great. So you know, this can happen. Um, and also it wasn't a part of it. It wasn't her character. It wasn't like all about her character being, being gay, which is a great thing as well. Um, so I think it's just the kind of her brother seemed to have a, a more clarified love story, uh, than she did. I think that's, that's the pit that's, I think slightly, um, gets me, not gets I, me the wrong I way, but I, I was maybe, wasn't really any characters until she gets to uni to, to yeah. kind of do those. Because the, the, one of the other things is that she's clearly like the, the town she's in is kind of, a bit of a prison in that no one gets her in that no mm. one understands her creativity but also there are probably not many gay people there for her to to kind of interact with so this is like this is why it's such a big thing for for her to be leaving and why it's so important to her and where she can go and and be herself really and not have to worry about what people think and yeah i mean the love story between like him, him, and the girl—is it really a love story? Like, it's not really it's a bit infatuation, though, isn't it? But it's that, yeah. um, it, was, it was one of my favourite lines when he he says to her, "I really want to go. I really want to talk about dinosaurs with you." And she says, "Yes," and then goes, 
no, forget about it. Anyway, I don't want to talk about it. And she, he runs off and like falls into a ditch. And that, that, I just remember that kind of feeling when you were like, I don't know, 10 years old, when you kind how, of like someone. How old someone. is he meant to be? Because he sounds like 50. He's voiced by one of the directors. He sounds like a very old child. <laughs> and I couldn't work it out. It's like, is this kid like meant to be like eight or is he meant to be like 16? Because I couldn't work it out. I think he's, I think he's more towards eight. Let's talk about the rest of the film. I mean, the voice cast is just generally really cool. Olivia Coleman, I think, was great as as Pal. I think anything she does is just brilliant, and she was she really leaned into it. There's a bit in it where she's she's she keeps talking to the guy Mark, and when she's saying that, I'm like, "Well, oh, it's because you're Sophie from Peep Show, aren't you?" Like, no, stop it, Mark. <laughs> she has got a great villain voice. She's very kind of funny without trying to be funny, like as a kind of villain voice, like that bit when she starts bang on to about how like you would just kind of like comparing what he's done with people putting their mum in like a home or something like that is really really funny. She's great. I love her. I think like. Yeah, she's brilliant in it, and like with she's doing all the bits like where you like swiping with your dirty, dirty fingers and <laughs> poke, 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 and um, I just really empathised with a lot of things she was saying about like your humours are terrible, like you're crap at everything and you're not worth saving. And I was like, yeah, go for it, <laughs> destroy us, <laughs> we deserve it. Yeah, so anything else, guys, you want to say before we we go into the scores and, and keep on chatting? Obviously. I mean, it's, it's just a very, very funny film, isn't it? At the end of the day, like there, there's so many mm. things in this which I could uh, think because you were talking about kind of the funniest gag in the movie earlier, and I was just like trying to think through. I was basically anything with the dog is hilarious. Like the dog <laughs> pig loaf of bread. Like anything with that does so so funny. I think that Deb- Deborah Bot five thousand and um, and Eric. Those two, those two wayward robots. They were, I thought they were great value. Yes, yeah, they're very funny. Their kind of introduction where they're kind of first going wrong, and they try and do that uh, pretending to walk down the stairs trick to pretend <laughs> they're other robots is really, really funny. Like, um, and obviously the the Furbies, the Furbies yes. is just is just absolute genius. I I didn't have a Furby, so I didn't I don't I don't think I got the full extent of it, but I think I I just enjoyed I, I knew generally what was going on. Did you, were you a Furby kid, Liam? No, I wasn't. I, I literally was a bit too old for Furbies by the time they mm. came out. But I remember it them coming out and it being a huge, huge thing. And so yeah. it's, I, I just think it's funny. E- even if you don't, I think it's it's good enough that even if you weren't a big Furby person, you, you get it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, my favourite point was, uh, one of my favourite bits was Linda... Uh, Katie's mum when she she falls into that massage chair she's like get me out get me out get me out and then she gets and the massage chair starts to vibrate and she's like leave me alone I thought that was great yeah yeah and as much <laughs> you, as you want a massage chair don't you I've got this I've got this like massage thing that, that comes over your shoulder and that's actually really really good I don't think I want a whole massage chair though because I think they're amazing bit, honestly like you should get one yeah well I'll just get a massage chair I did think the film built on like um so obviously a couple of years ago, one of the best films from the last few years was Spider-Verse, mm. uh, which involved Lord and Miller quite a lot. And the film, that film like had a, had a real sort of freedom about it. And do you feel like this film builds on that and like gives them like a license to, to, to be as creative and as weird and as odd as they wanted. And I think that a lot of that builds off of, well, partly off like Cloudy for Chance and Meatballs, which was an earlier Lord and Miller work. But Spider-Verse, I think, gave them a lot of license to to be odd. Yeah, oh absolutely. I think um I think one of the comments I made was can can Lord and Miller do any wrong? And start cloudy and he got the um he got the jump street films 
Lego films, um, Spider-Verse, which is genuinely one of my top 10 films ever, which is strange for something so recent. Um, and this, I think they've they've done an absolute belter in their career. I find it fascinating that they have not directed a film in eight years. Mm. Like no, since just, 22 Jump produced. Street. Yeah, just produced. And yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, it's clear that they have a heavy uh, creative hand in these movies that they're producing, but they are essentially written and directed by other kind of people. It's just, yeah, I, I don't know whether they just got so burnt on Solo uh, which of course they were at like halfway through making before being mm. thrown off by Kathleen I, Kennedy. I, I would have much preferred to see that version than the one that ended up. Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, 100%. Mm. Like, literally, I, I think that's got to be one of the great lost movies, hasn't it? Lord and Miller's yeah. solo. Um, you know, I can't even. Because they literally did get through, I think, halfway through making it or something like that. So I, I'd be fascinated to see if we'll ever see that footage, which I don't think we will. No. But I, man, I would be fascinated because the the actual solo film by Ron Howard is like one of the most cookie cutter blockbusters of all time. That's a making of you want to see, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I'd like to, I mean, I, I still think it's a film that didn't need to exist generally. Um, but I would have watched the shit out of it. Yeah. Um, and I would more likely have rewatched it than I can't see myself watching this, this the solo film as it stands, the Ron Howard one. No. As much as I like him as a director, um, I don't I can't see myself watching it. Should we head to the scores? Sure. I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have included fellow Stripped Media family members Martin and Sam from Song by Song, and Kobe from Flixwatcher, and Dave from The Wire Stripped. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast, or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Welcome to the Flixwatcher scores. All of the scores are out of five. You may have decimal places. And we'll start with you, please, Chris, with your recommendability. Uh, I went for a solid five, because like I said, I think there's something for everyone in the film. Um, it feels like a, an easy win, to be honest. Liam? Yeah, I'll, I'll go for 4.5 uh, with this, to be honest. I think that, yeah, in terms of recommendability, I, I think there's the, the yeah the odd person uh, I wouldn't recommend it to um, in terms of, yeah, if you're just, you know, really dislike animation, uh, maybe you're not going to get on with it or perhaps kind of really kind of modern, very fast-paced comedy. But apart from that, like, I, I think it's a pretty winning kind of film. I, I think it's hard to take against this movie, really. So, yeah, 4.5. Helen? Um, a little bit lower. I think it's a solid four. I think if you really love kind of like the Lego movies and are really into that kind of like in your face, like everything's happening all at once, bam, 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 then this is right up your street. Um, but I wonder kind of like how well it's going to age in like a couple of years because it's very much memey and, and, and like now we like if you don't really if you don't use the internet, you may not get a lot of the kind of references and, and jokes in it. So I, th I think there's a, there's a lot going in it and it's kind of fun. I thought it was good, but um, I probably, I don't know who, uh, you've seen it and you'd probably be the person I'd recommend it to. Well, me? Yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to go for 4.45 here. I think it's kind of weird with what like clouded with the chance of meatballs is like, no, that's not going to be any good. And what's down is like, oh, this is great. Uh, Lego movie thought that's not going to be any good. Uh, what's down is great. 21 Jump Street, I was like, that's not going to be any good. And I was like, oh, this is great. And I, and I just need to like, I can understand why there's barriers that stop people doing things. I can, like, in the way I can understand barriers with like foreign language films. But sometimes I just think, it's a bit of a, a bit of a chance to recommend it to people, but when when they kind of get the hook, I was quite interested. I was quite interested in what you're saying, Helen, about the name didn't work for you, the post didn't work for you, that something didn't quite make it interesting, even though that lots and lots of people were saying, look, it's a great film, it still just didn't kind of fit for you as a thing like you should go out and watch ASAP. So I think that will be. I think it will be the same for for, for a few other people. It wasn't like a stone cold. I should watch this and. But only because lots of people said, yeah, it's an amazing film, I'll watch it. And that made me watch it. Repeat viewing score, Chris. Uh, yeah, this second time watch for me. I enjoyed it almost as much as first. So I'm going to give it a solid four. Uh, Liam. Uh, yes, I'll give this a 3.4 for repeat viewing. This is my second time watching it. Um, and I actually, I'd say, if anything, I'd say it improved slightly on the second watch. I think I liked it slightly more um, than the first time. Um, so, yeah, but at the same time, um, I wouldn't necessarily see myself watching it loads of times, like some comedies uh, that I really love. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoyed watching it a second time. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't begrudge uh, watching it again at some point. Helen? I don't know a situation where I probably would watch it, but, I'm, you know, this is no fault against it. So 2.5 down the middle. Yeah, I'm going for a three. I don't, think I'll, I don't think I'll watch it that often. I think it's great. But I think for, for, for two hours for, for an animation animated film, uh, film, which is comedy, and there's a lot going on there, I don't think it's going to be a super big draw to rewatch each time. Small screen score. Interesting one for Netflix only film let's go to you chris uh yeah seen on a small screen twice and i thought it looked very good i guess the only downside was there's so much detail and lots of the gags i couldn't quite get it all um so i'm going to go 3.5 liam with small screen on this one i'll go four because like you say it's a netflix original film so i'm not 100 percent sure if this was made for Netflix or whether this is one of the COVID ones where it was meant to be in cinemas and then went to Netflix, I think it might be. So I, I think it works perfectly well on small screen. However, I think it's a really, really nice animation. And if you remember, I saw Spider-Verse in the cinema, which obviously this has a, shares a lot of DNA with animation-wise. Mm. And I think that looked pretty great on the big screen in terms of animation. I think this would do as well. Like I would, in, if someone said, you can go see the Missions vs. Machine or, on at the cinema, I'd be like, oh yeah, that sounds really cool. So yeah, I think a, a four, you can watch it on TV, but I would definitely like to see it on the big screen. Helen. So yeah, it was originally to have like a proper cinema release, but um, in 2020. But yeah, it was sold to um, Sony, sold the distribution to Netflix. So that's how it it kind of ended up. I mean, I I kind of think it's it's fine. I wouldn't have gone to the cinema to see it, and like kids with parents, kids with parents, parents with kids at home. Um, you know, it's two hours you can keep them entertained for. Just like stick them in front of that and. You know, you've got two hours apiece. Um, so interestingly, uh, just throwing it out there, what do you think its chances are of winning at the Oscars? Because obviously it's up for best animated feature. Do you think it's uh, got a chance? 
I what's it up against though? Um, well, presumably it's up against Encanto. I would say against Encanto. It's up against Flea. Um, I can't remember the other two. It's Raya and the Last Dragon and Luca. Um, oh wow! So it's up against Flea and all the Disney Pixar films. I think it's got a decent chance for me. It's Encanto would be the, the clear winner there, but I haven't seen Flea yet so and that's one one film that everyone is talking loads about and uh, i'd like to see flea i haven't seen flea uh, but i've seen all of the others and to be honest yeah i'd i'd vote for Mitchells versus the machines out of those i I think it's better than rare and the last dragon canto or luca uh how dare you how dare you i i like Encanto. (laughs) i like i think it's like a gorgeous animation with with some great songs but i think the story is all over the fucking place in Encanto. that's the thing that lets it down for me slightly whereas Mitchell's first machine is, is a winner on pretty much every level so I, I think I would go for that and Flea is also um, up for best documentary as well so they they may feel that and they best, give best foreign feature as well oh really yeah. wow so yeah. it's got it's got um, it's got a few chances so I, I wonder whether they'll give kind of what we'd expect an animated film with poss- possibly this who knows but it's kind of like a wild race at the moment uh, what was Chris's choice? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of another one that I saw that had as much impact. So I think it's definitely worth a shout. Um, small screen score there, Helen. Oh yeah, sorry, five. Five. I'm quite low on this one. I, I really would have preferred to see it on the on the big screen the first time. Uh, I think subsequent ones are great on on the small screen. Uh, conversely to Spider Man into the Spider Verse, which I where I want to watch it every single time on the big screen. But this, I think, subsequent watches on the small screen would be great. But the first time would have been great. So I'm going to go for three here. Uh, and then engagement score, Chris? Uh, four. I mean, it, it, it is a bit long, but I do think there's a lot in there to appreciate. So, I mean, it's on the right side of two hours. Liam? Uh, yeah, I mean, engagement, I'd probably go for like 4.2. Like, I think that in terms of the the length, I think it is a little bit too long. Most, But that's mostly to do with it. I think it could probably get away with being this long. I just think the script is slightly oddly structured because they get to the kind of bad guy's base um, where, you know, literally she gets him to say kind of the, the end game has begun or anything like that. And that's literally with an hour of the film left when that happens. And to me, I was just like, I always, I did this the first time. I did it the second time. I looked at the time left on the film and I was like, what? What there's an hour left of the film, but they mm. we we're here. We're at the finale. How is there an hour left? And I think it's just poorly structured in terms of it. Just makes it so the second half of the film is just a third act, and that doesn't make any sense uh, to me. This go back to kind of screenwriting, film production degree. Carlo is just like yeah, that like it just throws me off completely. And it's not. I think if they just sorted that structure, I think it'd be fine. At the length it is because there is enough gags and kind of plot and instant there to make it work but it's just yeah it doesn't slightly slightly off so that's what so but i think there's tons to keep you invested emotionally uh there's loads of funnies and loads of inventive animation to keep your eyes on so i still think it's a strong 4.2 helen yeah so this is just kind of like time and and things I, I watched the first hour and then like had a day and a bit in between um, before I watched the second bit. And that's kind of got a, I didn't feel as though I, I, like you said, Liam, I kind of like watched the first hour and I was like, well, 
that's that's kind of an hour and we're sort of like know what we need to do to kind of end things and there's another hour like what what is going to happen in the second hour um so yeah that obviously plays into it so i'm going to go 3.5 for engagement i'm going to go for yeah i'm going to go for 3.5 as well i think the second the second viewing i was less less engaged um than i was the first time and i think like yourself at the first hour mark you kind of think well they're at the bit now <laughs> it should be this should be feeling like it's wrapping up but still then it, it ramps up a bit more and you're like yeah i'm not sure about this guys um but that gives us an overall score of 3.84688 which is a bit lower than i thought it's going to be um going into it repeat viewing score a bit lower um and small screen score failed a bit there mainly for me uh guys let's head to twitter so everyone who's listening do follow us on twitter we are at flickswatcherpod um as well as the random stuff we talk about during the weeks and and stuff like that we do give a little post asking you guys for your opinions on the films we're about to record such as this one we're reviewing mitzvahs versus the machines with liam h dempsey from spotlight pod and chris from errr podcast that's easy riders raising podcast tell us your thoughts and your score out of five stars for an on-air shout out on flickswatcher a few responses for this one liam do you want to go lead out with this uh, one? so yeah the first comment i can see is from not just for kids podcast great podcast uh five stars best film of last year and one of the most exciting animations of the past decade and that furby scene genius and he's put a gif of amy polar from parts and recreations going i love it steve from eilfm podcast uh yeah, he said five stars uh, one of my favourite animated movies in a long time. Helen? Uh, this one's from Lee Thomas, regular contributor. Top drawer animation, unique style and one of the funniest films of the decade so far. Five stars. And then he's done a dog, pig, loaf of bread emoji. Very nice. Big fan Lovely. of that review Good there. Um, Chris, there's this one more I can see. All right, uh, so yeah, Flix X-Ray podcast. Again, five stars said, I loved this movie and the family dynamic is amazing and super relatable. Uh, is there any more? That's it, isn't it? That's it. Thank yeah. you very much, guys, for all your lovely tweets. And if only we let you down slightly with a with a score just under four. Liam, Chris, can you tell everyone where we can find you online and we'll say goodbye to the listeners? Yeah, you can find me at Spotlight Pod um, on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook if you want to keep up uh, with my podcast. We're literally just releasing a new episode of our on-screen strand where we look at a guest appearance from a member of Star Trek alumni in an iconic other TV show. Uh, this time we're doing Patrick Stewart's guest appearance in Frasier with David Trumbull. And that is going to be a uh, fantastic It's just a full-on loving on Frasier. So if you're a Frasier fan or you've ever thought, what, what's the fuss about Frasier? Check out that episode. And also we've got lots of other Star Trek stuff coming up as well. Which which episode was the Frasier one? Because Frasier's just come to Channel 4. Uh, sorry, 4? Four, four, all 4, yeah, yeah, yeah. Four, so four, yeah. Um, it is season 11 episode three the doctor is out oh, that's with miles into it well it is it, yes yeah, it's, 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 it's the last season um but it's a, a genuinely this shows you how good fraser is because it is a five star absolute hilarious back-to-back episode patrick stewart is brilliant in it so big recommend and chris well yeah liam says you know if, if someone's a fan of fraser if they're not a fan of fraser i assume they've just never seen fraser because it was one of the all-time greats 100 <laughs> percent uh, yeah, you can find my podcast, Easy Riders Raging Podcast, on all good podcast platforms where we do lots of classic films and classic cartoons and also uh, the Spielberg pod, 
similarly uh talk about old spielberg films and new spielberg films and yeah great great chats well guys thank you very much for joining us again you guys have been on before um do if you want to listen to what chris has talked about before and uh and liam just go into the pod feed type chris johnson and liam and you'll find the other episodes have been on thank you very much guys it's been a pleasure and um yeah come back again at some point would always love to thanks guys thanks so much for coming on Bye. enjoyed this episode of flicks watcher podcast why not leave us a five-star review on itunes you can also follow us at flicks watcher pod on twitter and we're at flicks watcher on instagram thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty mighty tunes and ben from rockwood audio for his awesome editing skills if you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this get in touch with ben and that's rockwood r-o-k-k wood audio tell them flicks what sent you you just heard a stripped media production <laughs> <laughs>